Uh, should probably work. This is your chair, squeaky voice. You're in a good one. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. You ready, Garth? Ready. All right, this is Tyler Murphy. This is the Montana Gallery Podcast. And just a few minutes ago, my friend, Garth Cowley, walked in to my house, wanted to work on some uh, computer work here. And, and I was like, sure, but on Mondays I record podcasts, so you're going to have to be on my podcast. Yeah, it's a small price to pay. You know, yeah. It's not bad. So on last week's podcast, I mentioned that uh, I'm not attracted to Jordan Peterson. I'm not drawn to him. Um, <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. Of, uh... <laughs> here we are with with Garth, my, my friend that, that really loves him. Which is great. I mean, yeah, it's confusing to me because um, I've just found out recently. I mean, Peterson is arguably one of the most important figures uh, almost ever in my life. Right, okay. sort of like external figures, whether literary yeah. or um, or anything else. And uh, yet, some people that I've gotten to know very well just hate him, and I don't know. I feel like it says something like, probably pretty good about me that I can handle something. So. Yeah, yeah. I like to wear this bit of a badge of like uh, of honor of sorts. Apparently, yeah. I'm really long suffering. Just a good guy that way. But um, yeah, you will suffer for the name of Peterson. Exactly. Exactly. You got to take up your cross, take your, your <laughs> suffering, and just carry it. You know. So. Uh, what? But we were just talking about. Uh, why why is it that maybe Peterson has uh, we're, we were trying to think of like why is it that maybe Peterson has captured the imagination of a lot of people these days yeah and I'm just curious what you're if you have any yeah. thoughts on that so I think because I, I don't, don't want to discount like his effect he, <laughs> yeah and actually I mean I agree with so much of I, I haven't read or I haven't engaged with him nearly as much as you have yeah. <clears throat> and I, I know that I would benefit from continuing in engaging with him. So I, I probably will. But it's more fun for me to, to <laughs> be against him. You know. To be against him. <laughs> yeah. uh, just, to, just to piss off people like you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you it's don't want to sort gift. your life it's out, that's fine. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> said if you don't want to sort your life out, then uh, you know, that's, that's fine. You yeah. just want to poke at it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, but um, I think... You know, when it comes to... I've listened to a lot, just to preface this. I've listened to a lot of Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Uh, I've done his whole biblical lecture series, which is about 34 hours of of content. Then I'll countless wow. times of, like, all the random different lectures he has on YouTube, things like that. Yeah. I, just, I love it. Um, number one, I actually liked him because he really liked Friedrich Nietzsche and Carl Jung. That was, like, the first thing okay. that got me into it. Yeah. And from then on, it was sold because I haven't really met another figure that liked that as much. But... Um, I think if I were to break down what is, why he's so popular now and what kind of his effect has been, I think number one, um, and, uh, I was, I was telling this to Tyler that on the very back of the book, it's like the second review they're talking about, you know, what Peterson's saying, you know, on the, like said on the back cover. And I think one of the lines, it's something like this. It says, um, it's what I wish my father had said, or he speaks like a father. It's one of those two things. But the idea is like. He's saying this like I wanted my father to say it to me. Yeah. And I don't think we really... I mean, that's kind of a cliche thing. Uh, I was hearing another speaker. He was talking about, oh, you know, if only my parents loved me. Like, that's that Freudian idea is so common now. If someone does anything stupid or just isn't effective, it's like, oh, their parents must not love them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there is really but something... There's truth in that in every... In, like... Every child experiences yeah, exactly. an anxiety at some level. This it's just yeah. the separation yeah. from like, oh, I can't be the object of of my parents' desire all the time. Yeah, and some people or that your parents are going to be perfect and give you every exactly. possible thing that you need. Yeah. And so we all do have like something that we we have to wrestle with the whatever childhood we were given. Yeah, whether for it's sure. you know it, there will always be yeah. some inherent anxiety. That comes with it. Exactly. And so... Exactly. Um, But with Peterson, uh, I think he really taps into that idea very well. And I think it comes down to something like this. It's it's something like this. If you're a Peterson fan, that's his thing. Uh, That was not... That didn't sound like... I can't do his voice. Mine's way too low. It's like, it's it's something like like that. It's something like that. You know, it's like... It's like, no. It's like, no. I mean, (laughs) roll the hell up. 
right? You're you're you know, pathetic mess. <laughs> it's like no, you know, just clean clean your damn room. Clean your damn room. Oh uh, man, that's suffering. I, I'm gonna have to cut this part out. It's so. You know I wasn't even close on my impression. <laughs> I've sounded. I feel like I, know, head, I, I've I thought in my head it was much better <laughs> it was than it was. Yeah. it's hard to do. It's like yeah. it's it's yeah. It's up there. Anyway, you know, it's like it's like no, no. I think it's, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay, I don't know where it's keep going. It's higher. All right, but um, okay, we were talking. We're talking about. Oh yeah, and he's talking. About, he talks like a father. So okay. and I think, um, I think it's it's something like this. It's like. It's not just the content, because I think uh, even he says this about his book, like clean your room, uh, just a couple simple rules. Like, you know, that's actually, I mean, like, duh, you know? Uh-huh. Like, we all know if I probably clean my room, I'd probably, you know, that would be better, you yeah. know? Yeah. If I treated people more kindly, if I did these things, like, my life would probably be objectively better, just yeah. simply. And, like I said, I think we all know that, but there's something else in the way he says it. I think he has a certain conviction about life and a certain belief that well I think it's essentially it's almost our problem with religion it's like we all know like that following the tenets of certain faiths like oh you know we should you know do what others we have to do we should do these things you know don't lie still kill lie steal kill things like that it's like but it's more than just rules and I don't think he presents them as rules even though that is the title of his book it's I think he has this conviction about them that sort of says like if you do these things it will go well for you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, I think I, my, I help coach a soccer team, um, just kind of some assistant coaching. And the way I think of it is, like, uh, for soccer, it's, it's such a fluid game. It's always changing. So it's not really about you have to do this thing every single time. If you do this, you always get this result. Yeah. And it's just not the case because it's always changing. Yeah. So you're not so much about trying to... I'm going to turn down the game. If it's, like, blowing out your ears, if you're listening to this and it's blowing out your ears, sorry. Oh, that's my bad. No, I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe it's totally fine. But you're a lot louder than I am. Oh, okay. Sorry. Which is fine. I can Which hear, is I can hear what it I, echoing back. What I, what, I, what I love about you is is your is your personality. Okay, well, it's good. I, so I'm just expressing your excitement. <laughs> yeah, but um, I love it. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so okay, with the soccer. Yeah, talking about soccer. It's it's okay. not so much about your ability to like follow rules. Although you know, rules kind of help. Like if you do this, generally this is a good idea. You're more trying to give somebody the tools they need to feel confident and competent in achieving their goal. And I think sure. life's like that. It's not, so Nietzsche was very much about this. Like, it's not a clear cut. If you do this and this, this will always happen. He's like, it's not the case. Yeah. It's not the case with good things. It's not the case with bad things. It's like, but I think what Peterson is aiming at more so is what a good father should aim at is helping to make his kids confident and competent to go out and achieve the goals, or you could say their desires, you know, which isn't like it's not a rules thing because rules don't always work. Yeah. It's like, but it's creating in the in them this confidence that whatever they come up against, whether through rules or improvisation, yeah. they'll be able to work through. What lately I've been thinking about confidence and the the thing that is uh, se- seeming true for me is that. The more I become better friends with myself, the more confident I, I just can't help but be more confident. Yeah. So for sure. How, so then the question for me becomes, how do we become better friends with ourselves? Yeah. And that's where lately I've started to think about, like, how do, how do you and I become better friends? Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's, that's real. Um, one, one thing that first came to my mind, I was talking to somebody else about this the other day, was, I was like, I think what we're really trying to do, I mean, we're, in our generation, it does feel like we're trying to find out what, like, what, who am I? Like, what is reality at some mm-hmm. level? Mm-hmm. And again, I'm going to tie all these things together, but it's another reason I like Peterson. Like, he's like, that's the question we've been asking forever. You know, that's right. not a new thing. Yep. And these archetypes or these structures that have been created, you know, some people yeah. think as being tyrannical. It's like, no, they were the ways that past people have found to deal with those questions. Yeah. So it's like, you know, oh, who am I? What do I do? I'm like, well, yeah, that's a thing. But recognize that you have all these other pressures of, you know, physical survival, different things preying on you, you know, that if you keep these rules, these tenets of organizing your life, you will be able to deal with those those immediate needs and then also move on to those deeper questions, like you said, of, of who I am. 
and things like that. And how, how, when you think of like your closest friends, yeah, like in what way did you become good friends friends. with them? Like what, what would be a, a, no, for sure. I think, um, kind of going back here with your last question and tying it together, it's that you have to be something to, I think in order to really interact well with somebody, I tended to be the person who was like, what does the other person want from me? Um, how can I kind of change myself around them to be more like not desirable, but to be more like, Oh, if I'm more fun, then they'll probably like me more. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that would work. And it really doesn't actually. Right. It just kind of makes you feel everyone around you feel really insecure and that you're not actually, you're afraid to offend them. You're afraid to do anything wrong or to really express anything real that you actually feel, you know, in order so you don't get rejected or something like that. So then it kind of has to do with being vulnerable, maybe going through like for me, my closest friendships are the friends who know some of the un, undesirable parts of my past. Yeah. And, and look at that and, and accept me even despite those things. Yeah. And help me to wrestle through them. But like with some of my best friends, it's like, I can't really become really good friends with them until we kind of like maybe go on a trip together, share some sort of like a, a, an experience where we both come up against difficulties and hardships yeah. along that trip and we see the unsavory sides of each other yeah. and again still choose to remain in the friendship for sure so to me that's that's what I've been finding with a few people is like they might at first I might be really prickly or they might feel really prickly to me or kind of like yeah. ooh, I don't know if I can become friends with them and then I learn a little more of their story and then I'm all of a sudden like Oh, that makes so much sense of all this. So that's what I'm saying is I think becoming friends with ourselves is actually key. Like part, part of the, (laughs) part of the key of that is, um, thinking back through our story and, and, and going back to times where we felt abandoned or rejected or humiliated and then bringing those, you know, if I share you know, how I'm insecure about my chin with you, like, you know, then, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know, my yeah. wonky ears don't, don't, uh, affect me that much. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry for your wonky ears, Garth, but Actually, I just, I just felt I like it was, I just felt like it features. was the elephant in the room, like the giant elephant ears in the room that I had to. Address. I think I actually did have a moment one time where I was like, you know what, honestly, as far as ears go, I feel like my ears are pretty good. Like, I, I actually don't like my ears. Like, see, there's these little, these little, little weird. Like, no, they're, yeah. <laughs> there's like these little divots here, which yeah. I've always wondered. I wrestled when I was a little kid, mm. and I wondered if it was like a break in the cartilage. Yeah, could be. It's on both. If ears. you are a wrestler, I think wrestling is a great sport. That being said, your ears will never be the same, and it's hideous. Yeah. Cauliflower ear is real and disgusting. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, no, but going back what, to... What do you think of that, of that idea of, of what I just said? Why you have cauliflower ears? <laughs> of becoming our friends with no. ourselves by yeah. examining no, I think, our I think that's real. Our um, past. No, I, that is definitely a real thing. You kind of have to... It's almost like you have to integrate the different parts of you. And I think what makes somebody a good friend at some level is when you feel like you can be yourself around somebody. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the bigger things. And there's certain people you just kind of gel with. I'm like, oh man, I could just, I don't have to think. You know, sometimes yeah. you're around somebody and you have to really take time and break break down like all of what you're about to say. Like, okay, should I say it this way? Right. How do I do that? Yeah. You know, but with your friends, you just got to say it. Because with that, with that other friend, you feel like you're constantly being judged. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You don't. Yeah. You're afraid of like, yeah. what are they going to think of this? Are they going to receive this in the way that I want to? Yeah. Will they think differently of me? Whereas yeah. your good friends, you're kind of like, I'll say this totally terrible thing, and they'll just be kind of like, oh, it's fine. They'll take it in context of who you are, or maybe not exactly. Once they hold you accountable, but they won't think less of you for it. You know, yeah. for expressing the bad side of yourself or the um, the less than optimal side. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the side that isn't always confident and fun. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't think that's the case. That's, to me, that whole, like, 
cleaning your room is a good thing, but I think that first coming to terms with the fact that you are messy inside mm -hmm. and, and becoming friends with that part of yourself yeah. is, is maybe more important than having a nice clean room. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and that's where self-help to me, like anytime something promises you like do these things and you'll be happy. Yeah. I think that it, it eventually doesn't work. Like eventually you kind of wind up in the same yeah. position because, because internally you're still not friends with yourself. Yeah. Here's kind of how I view it when it comes to, cause I, I tend not to be a rules based person like person. Like if I do this, it'll solve my problems. Like I'm very yeah. much not that way. And I think again, kind of using, it's sort of like this. I think you're trying to get somebody to understand like it, experientially what life is like or how to interact with people and how do you do that you just spend lots of time around them you know it's like you will get close to somebody if you spend time around them because you'll begin to understand their tics different things but you'll just see it because you're around it like you just can't help but know when you see it all the time mm -hmm. and i think the goal of rules or things like that are to help you achieve that goal sooner so if i can use a soccer example one more time you know you've got a short season and you've got playoffs at the end, right? Mm -hmm. So ideally, you can just get these kids together and like, hey, go out and play. Figure out, find out, be messy, um, make mistakes, you know, find out what this game is all about just so you can kind of embody it and understand. That's the best way to do it. It really is. Because then you just don't think about it. It just happens like we talked about. Yeah. It's like, but if you don't, all right, I have you for two months. How am I going to do that? We can't play games every day. You know what I'm saying? You can't possibly play in that amount of time enough where you embody these things the way I want to. So then you bring in rules. We're like, okay, um, I don't have time for you to learn that passing the ball right here is going to be very bad for you. You know, it's like, it's a bad idea. So you just tell them right away, don't do that. You know, it's like, don't do that. You don't have to find out why that's a mess, you know, because mm -hmm. it is. If you do that, that's a dangerous play to make. So instead, do this. And I think that that's kind of the goal that you're reaching for. It's like, and I think by... Or that's the goal that you're reaching for is trying to get them to get a result quicker than they would by just organically stumbling their way through it, you know. Mm. And um, but without yeah. without having the underlying understanding of why they shouldn't do that. Well, and I think that's the thing. It's like you're trying to do both at the same time. Okay. So you're trying to achieve a, a fairly high level result of like I said, maybe doing well in the tournament or doing well in life, you know, that way. Yeah. So you you take those rules so you can do well. And in the process, um, you can still learn while you're playing about why those rules matter. Yeah. It's trying to kind of have your cake and eat it a little bit too. Yeah. So it's not just like, hey, go out and whatever happens, happens. It's like, well, we want, we have this definite goal, but we also want this. We want both it, of them. It kind of sounds to me like just though, maybe I'm, maybe I'm misinterpreted or not hearing everything that you're saying there, but it kind of sounds to me like the, the argument of like, of somebody, somebody just saying, Go to college, mm -hmm. like just trust me. You, it'll, you work wanna, out. it'll work out. Yeah. You want to go to college? To me, that that's that's kind of I think the predominant mm -hmm. sort of um, sort of way that that a lot of people wind up in college. Yes, is, is well, this is what I was told to do. This is just what you do. Yeah. yeah, and then but then you you know you end up a couple years into it with a lot of debt and you kind of. And you didn't put a lot of time into thinking about, you know, what is it that I'm actually really interested yeah. in? What it, what is it that, um, and and so then so then you like switch degrees and and stuff yeah. along the way. And I just, I don't know. I just think that that's I think starting with the with the underlying here's here's why this is important. Yeah. Before jumping into the just trust me. This is what you're gonna want. Yeah, I think, I think it's something like because that I mean that is interesting, and I think that happens more and more if you didn't have that ability. Like I think optimally, you have at least a little bit of that done growing up. Sometimes to think about what do I actually like to do. Like you don't just get all the way to college and be like, holy cow, like what do I actually enjoy doing? You know what I'm saying? Like you probably hopefully you have some semblance of that or semblance when uh, before you leave so you're like oh okay I at least know that I don't like sciences you know mm -hmm. I'm more of an English guy more of a liberal arts guy 
like that's pretty good. You've eliminated quite a field down. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think again, the, I think the goal of rules is so you don't just end up reinventing the wheel all the time. Mm. You know, so it's like you can figure out. You know, if you have a half decent you know parent who's paying attention and recognizes like, hey, you athletically gifted, physically gifted, or hey, you're intellectually really gifted, and that they can push you in that direction right away. Instead of you like them just leaving you out there like, well, figure out what you're good at. Like, well, you can, you can kind of see it, you know, by personality. Not you force them into anything, but yeah. I think you may help them find out sooner what is going to work for them rather than having them just figure it out on their yeah. own. Yeah. So it's, again, I think it's kind of a time-saving element. Um, the the yeah. nice thing about it is that they do develop uh, a really strong skill that they that can take them pretty far. Yeah. What I'm finding for myself as an artist is that, okay, I, I kind of, I was pushed as, as an artist and, and that I'm really grateful for being pushed in that way. But I still now am at this point where I'm having to go, is this really what I want to do? Yeah. And if so, like I, I'm having to get back to the, why, why is this important thing? So maybe, Maybe there's not a right right way or a wrong way there, but but that uh, you know that just like I kind of got a jump start on, yeah. on being an artist. But well, and I don't know. Some parts of me wonder as well. I think I've been thinking about this more and more. Is like, does it matter so much what I do? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know, is it like, well, I have a painter, like I have to paint worlds. Yeah, and like there's that aspect. Of like I need to express myself. That's that's real. But even in that way, it's like, ooh, my, oh, what did you just say? Um, is this what I, did you say, is this what I want to yeah, do? Yeah, is this really what I yeah. want to do? Like, it's like, what do you, I mean, is that, are you asking yourself for a couple things? Like, if you're more of like, you know, Christian or religious bent, you're like, is this my destiny, you know, type thing? Or is it just like, do I really enjoy this thing? Is maybe another perspective? Do, yeah, do I still find it fulfilling? Yeah. So that's where I'm, I'm, be, I mean, just in the last two months, I've become incredibly introspective and like I've spent very little time at the gallery because I went through several big shows that just took a lot out of me where it was just go, 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 go. And that was great. And that's afforded me a little bit of time to now sit back and think, okay, do I really love this? And what's, and I think I do, but I want to, I want to be a little more, I want to take some time to learn some things that I can bring to it yeah. now that, that make the whole thing deeper and more, yeah. uh, more full of meaning for, yeah. for me. And, and hopefully, you know, just so that I'm not, I'm not just painting, painting after painting, right. selling them, but that the things that I do choose to paint maybe do somehow speak to maybe some kind of a lack in society yeah. is, is that's what I'm thinking of right now is like, as I look out mm-hmm. across the landscape of of America or of I mean just the world today what's in excess and what's in lack and to me the the excess is this projection of like you know I'm perfect yeah I'm here's my idealized version of myself through Facebook through Instagram through all this so on this podcast and stuff I like I'm trying to reveal I'm trying to come to terms with vulnerable. Yeah, with my own past and the things that are my insecurities and put that out there and, and show there's actually a lot of healing that comes when I yeah. <laughs> when I'm able to talk about, you know, my insecurity about my chin or about yeah. you know there's some other general things. inadequacies at some level. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anyways, with just with the the so to me, that's the thing that's in lack to me is, is the, the realism the, or the, the often authentic spirit of it. Like, yeah, the it's not, not a projection of like, look how perfectly I can craft and create this thing. It's more like this is in all its flaws and it's, um, yeah, I'm a messed uh, up person. Yeah. My room isn't perfectly clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you tie that in there. Well done. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, and sometimes I wonder it's like this. Um, if you want this last little bit of coffee? Uh, yeah, sure. Take a bit. Um, but I, I wonder if it's a bit like this. Like This is coffee courtesy of Josh Llewellyn. Oh, Josh Llewellyn. Um, Good don't, tell, don't tell him, though, that I took his coffee. Totally. Tell me one. Sorry. 
top. Okay. Um, I think uh, going back to you guys to finally bring Peterson back. Uh, yes. That you yes. Bring him. Bring him back in. How can he ever get out of your conversation for more than five minutes? Um, but I, I think it's it's along the idea of so like you're kind of going through this. Well, you could say a journey of self discovery. You're trying sure. to figure this thing yeah. out. And I don't know if this is the best way to put it, but maybe it's something along the lines of like you don't need to like burn down everything. You know, yeah. just to start it anew. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, it's, you know this. I don't like the system. Burn it to the ground or build it from the ground up. It's yeah. like, well, it's like, I don't think yeah, I'm going to do want, that. I don't want to like just exactly. give up on my, I mean, I've got a gallery that I've had for five years. Exactly. I've got an art career. Yeah, it's a big it's part. Like, like, I love it. It's a big part of the community to me. Yeah. I, or just for me alone, but I know a lot of people there. It's like, it's, it is a huge part. And even though, like I said, it's totally your right to do so as well. I mean, it's, this is you, it's you putting yourself into a shop. Yeah. It's like, but I think it's like in this process of trying to figure something out, it's almost important to keep the certain aspects of like you know what this feels difficult maybe I don't even want to at times it's like but I feel like there's a value in it and maybe even once I grow through this this point or like I I come to a more realized version yeah. of myself that this is something I'm really going to want to do because I find that I feel like that's a common thing like I, what you ended up liking in the beginning you're like oh that is something I want once you yes. want away from yes. it yes and, and as far as the gallery goes like I mean so many of the things that I um that really do get me up out of bed in the morning are all the things that you love about the gallery there, but that's setting us. So I I would almost say that I love being a gallery owner more than I love being a painter. Really? I love, I I love what you're saying. Yeah. Because for me, the gallery owner to create this environment where people can come in and just be this this atmosphere. The gallery owner side of it includes the podcast includes, I I mean it. So I'm more than just a painter, I guess. So I'm, I'm trying to broaden my, and, and not be so tied to like, God, I just got to be the best painter in the whole world yeah, kind of thing. Cause I find so much meaning when I'm sitting there at story night and somebody spills their guts on stage and, and comes to new understanding of themselves. Yeah. And that helps all of us have the courage to maybe get up there and also share a little of our past experiences yeah those are i've sat there and gone like my god i could die tonight like this is the most meaningful thing in the world and i've also experienced time or had thoughts of like i will do anything i will go to any lengths to make sure that that this now that this continues here in billings yeah so i will like chain myself to the easel to to paint a painting to make the money to keep the gallery open so that this can happen but I'm also, now it's really fun though to think about, oh, okay, so what is, maybe maybe I can also find kind of that that meaning within the art that I create to in, have that same exactly. kind of. And I, I think that's spot on, that's what I was just thinking about. I think like there's that drive to, because like you like painting, you know, I like soccer, it's a great sport. But you're looking first for that sort of, like I said, that self-realization, that sort of. I want, you know, what, what am I doing? What do I value? What's important to me? You know, what do, do I like, you know, beauty and creativity, things like that. And then I think it's like, it's the process of taking that internal realization and being able to put it through that medium. Yes. You know, like, okay, I like, you know, like you said, I like the vulnerability. I love this, you know, this, the bravery that comes along with the courage. It's going to be a the... lot of really weird self-portrait. <laughs> that would actually be kind of cool. Just a bunch of like self-portraits, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that would be kind of cool, though. But um, I go. I've but, got an idea for some self-portrait things. Yep, I like that. What, one would be that it's two self-portraits that are the same, exactly the same. But find one, the differences. But one, one has a tag that says, uh, you know, self-portrait, ten thousand dollars sold, and then a little, a couple feet away is one that says, or that's me. Self-portrait, unsold, like five hundred dollars or you know something like that, mm-hmm. showing that there is a difference between, like this is the idealized version of myself. Mm-hmm. Because if I did sell this, then I would have ten thousand dollars extra in my bank mm-hmm. bank account. You yeah, know? interesting. <laughs> Anyways, that was like one way of of trying because I've been talking about that idea a lot of that there's a difference yeah. between me now 
and who I wish I was. Yeah. And trying to reconcile those two. Yeah. So that's, that, that was a way that I was thinking of. That's maybe one way I could kind of yeah. express that. Which is, well, it's another Peterson thing. If you're on the, the Peterson side, then you're like, no, you're a mess. You're a bloody mess, you know. <laughs> you're this pathetic thing that just can't you know, do anything. Like, yeah. Well, it depends. Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends. On what I agree with him there. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of like, I, I think I get that more and more. Um, it reminds me of, well, I don't know what verse it is. Um, in the Bible, it you know talks about like no one's good. Yeah, no one's good but God. You know that's the yeah. idea. I'm kind of like, yeah, I think I get that more and more. Like that kind of makes sense to me. You know, I think it's, it's not that people don't have good things in them, but are they inherently like oh everything they do? I'm like, no, we're we're not as good as we think we are. Unfortunately, I think it's just really really good to be realistic in that way because mm-hmm. then you will inevitably hurt some people. Yeah, and people really will cool. hurt you. Yeah. So then when that happens, you're not surprised by your own monstrosity. Exactly. You know, well, that's or the mon- yeah. or the the crap that other people fling at you. You're yeah. not like, oh, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was wrong. Or you don't go, you don't like, you know, bristle You're not up shocked, go, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, again, that's actually another reason I like the, the Peterson idea. It's like, you know, just because you don't see evil in the world doesn't necessarily make you like, well, a good person. He's like, harmless people aren't necessarily good people. And he's like, you know, if you don't recognize that... I think what makes like a good relationship, if you're like, hey, I want to love somebody really well, or it's like, I want to be somebody who's exceptionally kind, peaceful, whatever. I don't think it's your ability to not see the bad. I think it's to be able to do that in spite of. And yeah. it's like, that's a much more powerful version of goodness, we'll say, or of kindness, yeah. loving kindness. Yeah. You know? It's much more powerful and it's much more, well, I wouldn't say brave, yeah, I would just say powerful. It's like, because if you just think like, oh, I can love you, you'll never hurt me. It's like, no, again, that's naive. You don't want to see reality. As probably is, which means, like I said, you're not fully willing to love them even through that terribleness. Because sure. yeah. the second they manifest, you're like, I can't believe it. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, what? What did you say? It's like, you? I can't believe it. Like, I'm so shocked that you did oh, that to me. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It seems naive, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, like, uh, uh, Kierkegaard says, you know, marry, don't marry. Yeah. Either way, you'll regret it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like no matter what you do, there will be hardships <laughs> yeah. and re- and regrets in mm-hmm. life. And that's just that's actually such a like I'm finding I'm finding a lot of that same philosophy in a lot of my favorite songs. Really? So one so David Ramirez his song called uh, The Bad Days says there's going to be days when you hate me. There's going to be days when I make you mad. There's going to be days when you don't know where we're going. There's going to be days when you wish you could take it all back. You, there's going to be days when the love is so thin that love is a game that we just... It feels like love is a game that we just can't win. Yeah. And then it, it, the verse concludes with, there's going to be days when you hate me. Yeah. And then, it, and then it's, but hold on strong yeah. is, the, is the... It's just a beautiful song. But it, and then there's this other song that I've really been liking by Sturgill Simpson... Where it, it starts off, oh, I love Sturgill so much. It starts off. The first line is, "One day you'll wake up and this life will be over." And uh, and then it goes on to say, "So go and live a little. Bone turns brittle and skin withers before our eyes." Um, hmm. And it's just, it's like that. That's a concept. That's a Heidegger concept of keep keep like a skull on your desk to remind yeah. yourself, remind yourself daily, like that you're, you're going to die. Yeah. One day. <laughs> I read and Marcus Aurelius is a, what's it called? It's, I think it's just meditations. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there's an interesting Roman thought. It was like on every page, it was like, you know, you're going to die. Right? <laughs> it was like, yeah, like I get it. Like it'd be like one paragraph to another, like you're going to die. Oh, it's so beautiful. You're really going to die. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I got you, bro. I got you. I get Marcus. it. We're dying. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. no, but that's real. I mean, I think I don't, I don't know that exact it's idea. So weird how it's so to me, it's like the most hopeful song. <laughs> it's so lucky, so hopeful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's so it's, I, it's I better it's than so, it's so counter to everything yeah. else that we're hearing right now. Of yeah. like, you know, well, it's like, it's like your best whole, life is ahead of you. Yeah, like go do yoga, go do eat well. Probably. You know. <laughs> Well, yeah. I think those things are real. Like, I, I do believe that as well. Like, yeah, yeah live your best life. You know? yeah. yeah, carpe diem, be that, do those sorts of things. It's like, but, you know, like I said, it's, if you really want to do that, 
well or to its max. It's like you don't do that being thinking like, you know, oh, I'm going to go live my best life now. Or like you're going to die. What? I'm not in just looking away. It's like that's not going to do it. That's not. It's like that will on the first set of any sort of setback, you'll just throw it out the window. You're like, life sucks. I hate this. It's like, but to move forward again. Jordan Peterson, love you know, it, love it. this is like the beauty of all this is that <laughs> I won't have to listen to him ever. I, like I, 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 I just I give prefer, it all to you. Yeah. I prefer your voice so much to his. <laughs> I just, something like oh that. God, it's something like that. Guys, it's beautiful. No, but that, that's it. It's like to, um, what was I saying? To move forward with that in mind, knowing that that's, you know, lays ahead of you. Like, yes. I, um, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use another soccer analogy. We're going to go on. <laughs> I was like, going to use another, um, baseball. All right. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's baseball. like baseball. No, but like, you know, if you want to, you know, okay, I'm going to use a soccer analogy. Dang it. <laughs> you go for it's it. just go right for there. It. Okay. It's all right. So, uh, you know, there's all this, you know, worry about CTE, you know, chronic traumatic, whatever brain injuries, you know, like American football. Okay. And soccer, so it's kind of got everybody riled up, and everyone's worried about concussions and brain damage and dementia. Yeah. Soccer, it's you know, if you get, it's way, 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 way less common. Yeah. But there's still kind of you know, it can't happen. It's like and it's contact sport. You can get people come in and blow out your knee, break a leg. Uh, Wayne Rooney, famous soccer player, almost died because he got cut on the leg, just freak accident, almost slid his femoral artery, almost yeah. bled it. Right? It's yeah. crazy. It's like those things happen, right? It's like, but do you two things? Do you avoid those sorts of things less? by being afraid and do you get a better result in spite of those things in the end if you are afraid and I think the answer to both of those questions is no so if you're going to play a sport or engage in a risky activity which again Peterson life is risk you're going to die you know might as well go for it um, if you're going to engage in something like that number one it does you no good to operate out of fear because you'll, you'll just make stupid you'll pull out of things like if you if you ever watch somebody like they're going hard into a tackle one guy goes in hard and the other one doesn't He's like, the one who does, goes in hard, will come out better off. Sure. Always does, because he's got the momentum. Or the other guy just won't do it. It's like, you will, if you go with that intensity about it, it's like, you will more likely than not come off on the better side of things. Yep. So it's better to go and do as hard as you can. Yeah. Um, and the second part is... Um, That's why I just dove into this podcast saying, yeah. let's talk about Peterson. Yeah, let's just talk about it. <laughs> let's you know? get it out there. Let's just go for it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Let's, it's not, a, let's not beat around the bush here. No, it's, yeah, just to sum up, it's like inclusion, like you're not going to keep yourself any safer by um, by being afraid, yeah. and it won't help you achieve the goal by being afraid either. Yeah. It's like, so, but you won't, you cannot view that thing acting like those bad things will never happen. Like, if I play soccer, I could never get injured, that'll never happen. Like, you probably will, it'll happen, but being naive about it's not going to help. Being yeah. afraid's not going to help. Yeah. Thanks, Jordan Peterson. How do you, how <laughs> How do we not be Just afraid? Just pour fifth out for Jordan Peterson. How, how, do, how do we not... Like, that's an interesting thing. Like, you know, it's like, don't be afraid. Yeah. yeah. How do we do that? Yeah. Don't be afraid. It's literally verse all the time. How yeah. do we do that? How do we... Uh, yeah. I think, actually, I was having a conversation with this morning about this. Um, I think the simplest way to do that, and to give you the Peterson idea, okay. he's like, you don't make people uh, less afraid by taking away the source of fear. He's like, you do it by making them braver. It's like, you can't, it's not like creating a safe space where nothing bad will happen to you. Yeah. It's like, that's not life. Yeah. Life is tragic. Random things can happen. It's like, you don't make somebody a better person by eliminating fear or bad things. People go to a therapist because they're like, they they feel like there's these things in their lives that are like... You keep on looking at this this thing. You're good. All right. So, well, people go to a therapist. <laughs> I have to say, okay. So Garth is here. He's got his computer here. He keeps on looking at it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Listen to me, Garth. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. What, what are you doing right now? What is what is this? Right. Uh, so Garth came over here with. A, we're gonna. I'll get. I'll get. I'll come back to what I was gonna say here in a sec. But what. What I'm potentially it? answering calls. I'm seeing if there's a certain call that I need to answer coming through. It's, okay. What is it that you do? Why did you come over to my house today? Oh, I just needed your internet. Why are you here? <laughs> I just needed to steal your internet for like a couple hours just to answer some phone calls. Nothing crazy. What? Yeah. What? Tell me. You sell. Uh, you're an online sales. Windshields and rails uh, and uh, windshields and uh, CB radios. If you need a CB radio, right channel radios, the channel for you. I just made that up. Yeah, but it's CB radios. <laughs> Um, how, how many would you say you sell in a day? 
Um, in a day, I don't know, like about four or five, not tons. More, yeah. I mean, there's you know antennas, radios, mounts, all this coax cables. Who you're selling them to? Truckers and farmers. And yeah, tra- a lot of jeepers, jeep guys. You know, if oh. you want to go off road, they do this big jeep jamboree thing every year. You gotta have a radio for that. So you got like thousands of jeepers. Yeah, going off in the wilderness. So things like that, or just around the house. Work yeah. out. A lot of um, construction companies, things like that. Yeah, it's good. Look us up online. Right. <laughs> shameless plug. Just Sponsored use, uh, by. Use promo radios. Garth. <laughs> use promo Garth. It will give you literally nothing. Use uh, <laughs> rightchannelradios.com forward slash Garth. <laughs> if you did, if you, uh, if you, okay, no joke. If you are and you're like, hell yeah, I want a CB radio. If you go on and you put in the notes, I heard this on Tyler Murphy's podcast, I will legitimately give you a discount. It's not even a thing, but if I find out that's a thing, I will get you a discount. Well... So there we you do, go. We do have quite an extensive audience. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, I think those artists listening to this. If I know anything about artists, is they love they their CD radios. <laughs> anyway. Okay. All right. So stop looking at your okay, things over there so that I can. Yeah. But you were saying that Peterson, uh, Make you know, braver. yeah, that you don't insulate somebody yeah. from the thing that they're afraid of. You actually help push them exactly. into that thing yep. so that they tarry with it exactly and, and learn how to overcome it yep and I oh god and that's that is the same idea of like well he is a, he's a psychologist and that's that's what a psychologist does like you go to yep. a therapist and because you, you say like I've got all these I, I, like I've got all these anxieties and, yep. and things that I just need some help with yeah and they go like it's almost like there's this trap door and there's all these monsters trying to come out and get me and I'm terrified that they're going to pull me in yep the therapist kicks you in. Yeah. Kicks yeah. you into the... A good one. Of the yeah. No, that's just it. And I think... Honestly, I think and this... That's, that's, again, what... It comes back to this idea of becoming friends with yourself. Yeah. Becoming friends with the monsters in your closet. Yeah. Becoming friends or at least becoming um, at... Yeah. Chummy or familiar with what's going on with yourself, what's going on around you. Yeah. Becoming... Coming to terms with that maybe is the way I want to that. There's so many things in our in our lives that are there but we don't know that they're there yeah or we just don't look at them yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. sorry yeah, yeah they're like yeah. I, I'm thinking of them as like they're kind of elephants in the room yeah. they're the you your know, chin in my ears yeah <laughs> exactly like, I know that you're thinking about my chin right now I just have to address it so I can think of so big <laughs> um so, like, but I'm thinking of it as, like, there are ghosts from our past. Yeah. Things that people have said to us and that we've said to them, people we've loved, people we've lost, yeah. that still affect us to this, even if they're gone, yeah. even if they've passed away. Like, there's somebody who could walk in the door right now that would that would take your breath away if they were to walk in and you go, <gasps> like... Yeah oh my God, I can't believe you're here. Yeah. But they wouldn't have that effect for me. Yeah. And same same for me. Like, I, I can think of somebody really clearly right now, if she were to walk in, I would go, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> I think my heart would stop. Yeah. You know? That's same. Reminds me, there's a line from, um, what's his name? Uh, Philip K. Dick, he wrote, mm. uh, yeah, he wrote, uh, uh, yeah, he wrote a number of different whatever books, but one of the, one of the lines he has, Wait, he's did like, you say that he wrote Blade Runner? Uh, it's called Do Androids or Dream of Electric Sheep, but it's it's very it's basically Blade Runner. Oh really? Basically, yeah. Okay. Um, that's Justin Bureau, um, Minority Report. That's it, which is a good movie. Yeah. I kind of forget how good a movie that is. I yeah. saw it like a year ago. I'm like, gosh, that's it's a really profound idea. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but he's got this line. It says, "For every person, there exists a line that can either like destroy them or heal them." Mm. And he's like, "You're." Hopefully you can get the second one. Um, yeah, destroy or heal them. He's like, hopefully you can get the second one, but you can be assured of the first one. And you're like, <laughs> that's real, right? Wow. That's true. Have, do you feel like you've found a line that has healed you? That has healed me. Yeah. That's a good question. That's a really good question. What's a line that's healed you? Um, I can think of a number of different lines. Like, you know, I've had people, you know, take... I don't know. It's it's one thing. It's it's a it's two things together, and it sort of is like the thing we really started this podcast with, which was 
like you can say something great like Tyler you're amazing you're great you're enough oh you're just a good painter you're just, your chin's not that big you know yeah it's like you can say something like that it's like but it's not just words although those words are nice you know that somebody would take the time to say them it's like but to have somebody believe that about mm. you and then state it as a fact mm. to do that it really I mean it really can heal you it's unbelievable so I think about it maybe I'm not thinking of the one but I've definitely had a few moments in my life where someone just took a second and said something like, you know, you're enough or something like that. And you're just like, that's exactly, you know, just that's wept, exactly, you know, that's exactly what I'm, yeah. oh, actually, no, no, I'm not going to say that one. I'll tell you off there. I would say that one. Okay. But I did have a line. Somebody said it though. But, the, but that line, you are enough. Yeah. To me is that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that for a lot of guys that I've seen and talked to, I know that's a huge thing. And I imagine it's the same for women. I just don't know. But that idea is just almost center point, centerpiece, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. the focus. Like, am I enough? Which is this weird thing of like, can I do things? Am I good enough as I am? Am I, you know, do I have to do anything at all? You know, can I achieve one? Can I handle, you know, tragedy? Can I handle um, success? Like, am I as a person, as a being enough yeah and it's like that is like I said I think that is like the question yeah my cousin texted me the other day um, with a couple questions saying that, that he's been thinking about like what something like what was the what was the thing you didn't hear as a child that you wish you would have heard <laughs> yeah. and and my, I my thought was like wouldn't like a dick question if ask somebody if you're not there to talk to a person <laughs> he's like wow thanks man you just stirred up all this emotion just over a text and then you're not here to be there but the <laughs> thing I've wrong. been thinking though in reverse of that is can I be okay with knowing that I probably will yeah. never hear that line well and I think that almost is like the answer you're looking for and I, I feel like yes I yeah. can yeah no I mean like but I think that's like the, almost the answer that you want is like almost like the second you're okay with not getting it. Yep. You've almost made yourself enough at some level. Yeah. It's not just like, I can deny, I don't need anything. It's like, no, to be able to reach that point of, I don't want to say acceptance, but sort of, you come yeah. to terms with it, you're like recognized. Yeah. It, well, in that little clip that I showed you there, mm -hmm. where, so there's this clip where this guy is, he had, he knew that he was going to die. Um, and then, oh, yeah. and then it turns out that, um, there's the potential that he might be pardoned or he, so he's in a cell next to another guy in a cell. The first, his friend, uh, is taken out to be shot. And then at the last second is spared. And so the guy left in the cell is at first elated that his friend escaped, uh, his death or for <laughs> yeah. right then and there anyways. Yeah. And so he's at first elated and, and and, and actually hopeful for his own life, that maybe he too will be saved. Yeah. But then what sets in is, like as the days turn into weeks and months, he starts, he, and he's left in that tension of not knowing whether he will be spared like his friend was, yeah. or killed. Which is worse. Which is, yeah, living, living in, in that, that unknowing. Chaos. Living in that unknowing. Yeah. Whereas before he had already resigned himself to dying. Yeah. So he ends up taking his own life. Yeah. That's the, uh, actually comes back to Phil K. Dick again. That's, he outlines this in his book, Valis. He talks about it. And I don't know if it's exactly how you say it. I should have looked it up. Um, it's either anhedonia. I think it's anhedonia. So it's just like hedonism, you know, but with an. Yeah. And the idea is like, instead of just following whatever you feel, it's like the idea is what, what happens is that you, you feel like that there's this disaster or tragedy just waiting around the corner. Mm. You know it's coming. Mm -hmm. You just don't know when. Mm -hmm. And so what you end up doing is working to bring it back faster. So you work to bring the trauma or the tragedy on faster. Yeah. Just because then you kind of control it. Yeah. Right. And that's such a funny idea to me. At first we're like, no. I was like, no, but I think we do that all the time. I think so too. I think it's like a huge, huge... Um, I, think, I think people do that a lot when they're interested in a person. Yeah. Yeah, you know? she's gonna break up with me anyway. I might as well just like well, sabotage it early. Well, you're living in like no, but maybe the other person doesn't know that you like them. No, right? But you can't you, like the the unknowing of whether they 
reciprocate the feelings mm-hmm. causes forces your hand yeah. to to move too quickly, which then yeah. also ends up like, soiling it. Kind of yeah, ends up ruining any possibility of it yeah. happening. I mean, I've done that many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the example he gives in the books. So funny. it's like, can you just can you just be okay with? Yeah. Maybe well, and it's funny because that's like I think yeah, no like way. again that that's kind of the thing you're going for, right? Like that that being okay. Yeah. Like in, like okay, so in that. I, I think there's something really powerful in asking yourself that yeah. question: Can I be okay with unknowing? Yeah. And then going. Well, it's like I said in that example. It's like, gonna be hard, but yeah, I think I can. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in the example of the guy who kills himself. You know, yeah. if if maybe he could have yeah. stopped and just yeah. realized, like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's an interesting. Like uh, I'm thinking with the uh, like I said that scenario. Say with like you want you like this girl and you want to kind of you want the best scenario to happen. That's literally me doing it, Peter. The best possible scenario. <laughs> it's like no, but you do what in your best possible scenario you want. You know you're gonna get together and you know she's gonna be your girlfriend. Maybe moves on to better things, right? Yeah. It's like you want that to happen, but you're also thinking of what the potential thing you know the negative is. Like either she rejects you and then you're single forever, or and maybe she just rejects you and then all this feeling just is terrible, right? It's like, but what ends up happening that's kind of funny is that in that unwillingness to sit in that sort of, like you said, unknowing or in that chaos, you know, people use that. Um, in that unwillingness to do that, you end up, you could say, rushing, um, mm-hmm. putting out a poor product, you know, whatever. <laughs> and you, <laughs> yeah, and you end up like, you're ruining it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then your greatest fear comes upon you. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, but oh, I don't want to do this. Uh, sense, it's a yeah. relief too because it's like, yeah. oh, at least I can move on. But yeah. I think that that's... It's a relief, but you're also quite disappointed with, in the end. You're like, I if, knew it. If you, you know, never learned that... I knew that, she didn't like me. Yeah. yeah. If I think I'm realizing if I never learned that lesson yeah. that, okay, that doesn't work to, to... Like, you have to learn the lesson to be able to say, yeah, I can be okay with the, the unknowing. Yeah. Especially, like, especially in that kind of uh, circumstance. Yeah. You know, well, this is something I've been thinking about. Like, yeah, live, like, do I feel like I live with unknowing? Is like, is that a, you know, or live with, you know, in this kind of, like, just unknowing. But it's funny, like, I don't necessarily see it that way. Um, whereas I used to feel like, oh my gosh, there's so many potential dangers and so many potential things that could happen, you know? Like, no one lives like that. Like, some people live that way more so, but no one... Like, you cannot function as an, a human being, always think about, like, what could potentially happen. Like, somebody could bust in this house right now and shoot us up. Like, yeah. well, um, theoretically, or, you know, maybe, like, that could happen. But it's like, you, no one lives with that going on all the time, uh, at least successfully. Yeah. So it's like, so we know there's some capacity in our minds to live a life where that's not the case. Where we don't think about every negative eventuality. And it works out, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like... I think the most confident people I know tend to be very good in the moment, but also I find that bad things don't happen to them as much mm. in a way. Mm-hmm. And even if they do, it's like they didn't. Yeah, you know they, what I mean? well, it's they're able to like spin. It. We don't see it. We don't perceive it as bad because they yeah. take it. And yeah, that's turn a good example as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like oh my gosh, this tragedy. Oh, this oh, ruined right. everything. It's like no, yeah. they can take it, and then they made something beautiful out of it. So it's yeah. like it wasn't a tragedy to begin with, even though it was. And that's where I think it is so so important to be able to be friends with yourself so that you can laugh at yourself so that, so that you can, you know, kind of like the, you act in a, in a poor way to somebody and you go, man, I was such a jerk to that guy. Yeah. That's the, the ability to spin and not get so caught up in like punishing yourself and judging yourself for, for whatever that, you know, your poor, uh, you know, in the moment yeah. way of dealing with something. Yeah. And you actually, you reminded me of something. I, I think this is along the same lines. I was thinking of something that I did and I was just, uh, just oh, a couple days ago. Yeah. And I was like, I was thinking back through it and I was like, I am like terrible. Did, yeah, that was terrible. That? You know, did it involve a shot? A shot? Yeah. No, it didn't. Okay. A shot. I'll, I'll ask you about did that it? later. No, it didn't. Okay. Did it? It didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> um, Okay, but you did something. Yeah, I did something. I mean, it wasn't, uh, it okay. wasn't terrible, but yeah. for my own standard, yeah. whatever, it just made me feel like I'm a terrible human being, Yeah. right? And so I began to really think through it. And then, you know, I could, like, rationalize it in all these ways. Yeah. I'm like, well, comparatively, not that bad at all. Plenty of other people, uh, most of the other worlds, or the world has done way worse, you know? Uh-huh. I can think about it that way. 
but then I can think of like the more ideal idea of like, ah, that was terrible. And I was like, you know, it's almost feels easier to do both of those things. It's like, it feels easy to be like, oh no, uh, that's, that wasn't bad at all. Oh, you know, it was a hard day for you. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, you know, or you're terrible. It's like either one, I can just write it off and then just kind of almost put it back. But is the third way somehow making light of well, it? Well, that was the jo- thing. And joking? Sort of. Like, you know, because yeah. you have to do that. Like, yeah. I think humor is, that is a part of, yeah. a part of it where you have to, but you, it's because humor I'm, looks at something for what it is. You're like, that was bad, yeah. you know? And you can kind of laugh, but you can see two things out of the humor. One, you recognize the situation like bad, yeah. but then you recognize going forward like, there's a way out of it. There's some sort of hope. That's here's a Pearson idea again, and it's actually one of my favorites. He's like the precursor to the savior. If we're talking about you know, kind of archetypal figures, the precursor to the, um, the precursor to the savior is the uh, the fool. So uh, I, I don't know if it's a union idea. I've just heard Peterson talk about it. Okay, um, and it's essentially the precursor, like I said, to the savior is the fool. Right, okay. so we're talking about almost a hierarchy of like things you want to be of the heroic, whatever. Mm. The precursor to the top, which is the savior, I believe. Okay, is the fool, and it's like um, what I thought was like that. That makes sense because the savior looks at a bad situation and says, "I can redeem it. I can change it. I can make it better. Okay. I can make the best out of it." And so, thereby taking a negative result and creating a positive. Okay. And the fool does a similar thing, not to the same extent. He looks at the negative and he can spin it to a positive by making light of it. By, you know, joking about it. Right. So thereby, like, you know, oh, that was a terrible thing, and you laugh, and now it's that in some way has changed that negative thing into just even a slightly positive thing. Yeah. And it makes me think, of, um, yeah, it makes me think of this as a Dan Carlin podcast. He was talking about, um, long story short, who's the toughest people that, um, like, his grandfather or somebody fought with? It was, like, a neighbor. And the guy's, like, in World War II. He's like, who are the toughest people you ever fought? And the guy answered him, and he said, he's like, uh, probably the English, Australians, and Canadians. And he's like, you know, I thought he was going to say, like, the SS or something. And he's like, no. It's like, because they would laugh at things. <laughs> you just couldn't imagine. Oh, like, the yeah. worst situations. Yeah. And they would laugh. And yeah. Like, what? You know, the most traumatic things would just oh, wow. ruin people. And they'd just be laughing. Yeah. You know? And, like, in that way, they would, they'd always spend it. They couldn't be beaten that way. Yeah. And I think, like, you see that. Like, you can't beat the English. You have They're to, unbeatable. You kind of have to laugh at, like, the the absurdity of life like the yeah. cosmic staircase thing of like yeah it's like, inherently humorous at some level yeah like it's we are like humans human futility yeah. of like trying to it's like I think some of the best uh, I'm not sure about this but I think some of the funniest stuff like uh, Charlie Chaplin movies a lot of Charlie Chaplin movies the humor is around is based on like humans you know trying to push a uh a piano up some stairs or something yeah. and like the you know just fighting fighting against the way that the world is that yeah. gravity works and and that this object is really heavy and exactly. and just like coming to the end of yourself fighting against it and all yeah. you, you can't really get mad at like another person about that all you can do is just laugh at your own inabilities yeah <laughs> your own inadequacies yeah it's like um, one kind of what I was thinking about before and I think why you're right why humor is so important in that it's like it's easier to write it off as two things like to either say it's like oh there's nothing wrong or everything's wrong it only can be wrong it's a much harder place to live in I think if you want to call it in a place of like tension or balance if you want to say it of being like it's not either necessarily you know to be like okay I could have done something about this. Like in my, in my situation, I was talking about, like I could either say I'm a terrible person, write it off as that, or I'm a good person and write it off as that. Instead of like, okay, that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. What can be done about that? Or what is it that's going on in me you know, that's, that caused that? Yeah. And it's like, because then you actually have to wrestle with that. And you can't like just let it go away because it's like, yeah. I need to know, I need to figure this thing out, you know? Yeah. And you need to work through that. Like it helps to have humor so you can bring it down, especially if it feels overly traumatic <laughs> like that was truly terrible to have a bit of humor about it so then you're like okay I can actually look at this thing now you yeah. know yeah because we don't I mean yeah like I think that's why humor is so big you can then look at that thing yeah that's a, what's that's the uh, the idea from the Harry Potter series it's actually a really profound idea I feel like from the third one did you watch Harry Potter you know, I, man, don't, I don't remember this point but oh. so it's yeah, the uh, the Dementors well, here's you know speaking for all you Harry Potter fans out there it's the um, you'll know what I'm talking about 
but it's when they're trying to there's this magical thing that can take the shape of whatever terrifies you the most. Oh. Right? Okay. It's called the Boggart. I think it's Boggart. Anyway, so they take turns opening the door and looking at the thing and like confronting their worst fear. Oh. Right? Yeah. And so the but the spell that they use to uh, to deal with it is like ridiculous or ridiculous or something like that. Yeah. And so that thing then takes on something that's humorous. So like uh, one kid it's Ron, he's like, it becomes a spider, he hates spiders. But then he gets roller skates and it can't stand up, you know, or one oh, Snape. Okay. But Snape, That's funny. you know, yeah, it turns into like wearing all these crazy clothes. And it's like that the way to conquer that fear was through humor, to almost make it palatable. Yeah. Like that's really interesting. Yeah. To first look at it. Yeah. To be able, that helped, yeah, to, to look at to it. To first look at it. To be it. able to actually confront it, to have some humor about yeah. it, allows and, you to confront it. And stand in it and then find yeah. the funny parts of it. Yeah. That's good. Dude, this has been awesome. I, yeah. I think that we've uh, we've covered a lot of stuff. Here. Yeah, we've covered a lot. Um, I'd love to have you on um, in the future. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see how the fans like you. Yeah, exactly. We'll see the feedback. <laughs> They're like, that guy's terrible. Don't bring him on again. All you can do is talk about Jordan Peterson. No, I love but, that man. I, I, love, I, I love talking with you about him. In summation, Jordan Peterson is the greatest intellectual of the last, no, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. I think he might be. I think so. Okay. At some level. But we can debate that some other time. Greatest <laughs> uh, in the for the last 10 years? 20 years? 10 years. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Thanks, <laughs> Dollar. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, uh, gosh, we didn't talk about... I mean, we did talk about art. And, and did we talk all, about art? All of, this, all of this feeds into, into art. Well, that's, I think that's just kind of what it is like, you know, art trying to represent life to you at some level. Art? I was watching a thing, I was watching a thing, you know, today about how, like, so Vermeer, uh, you know, he's painting the, sort of the everyday, Mm -hmm. the mundane. Yeah. And that, like, in painting the mundane, it, um, instead of, instead of painting, like, just before that, it was mostly, like, biblical Stories that that you were paint being like these great stories that are like epics and so yeah. intense and romantic. Yeah, and being commissioned and yeah. by the by churches and families and 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 those stories are important. But there's also something really beautiful about about creating a thing that helps yeah. us to contemplate our own that helps us to see. Oh, there is something beautiful yeah. about my own everyday existence of. Yeah, just, to be able to find the magic or the like you said the beauty yeah. in the mundane, not like oh well, it's yeah. not this, I'm not this. Like no, to be able to find in those the little ways, you know, the little things that you do to be able to find that beauty. Yeah, yeah. I think it's huge. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I, it's been really fun going back into. Like I said, I'm taking this time to really think through art. Yeah. Uh, or you know, think through art history and stuff, so that I hopefully can come to to my painting career again with kind of renewed yeah. excitement about oh I know what I know what I want to make because yeah. now I I feel like this actually matters but I, I think that is it I think like to create that art that is exactly what you're going for sorry just to finish um, is that like you're trying to one like almost improve and further your understanding of you know of life and then but your life yeah and to really be able to latch onto like what is this thing that I feel I want to express and to, to really understand that like I can talk generally for a long time on things that I feel like I understand or I feel that are important yeah. to me. It's hard for me to talk about things I don't know. Yeah. Or not that I don't know, that I don't, that don't matter to me. I'm just yeah. like, why am I talking about it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, but then when you say those words as well, it's like they come with such a passion because it's who you are. And I yeah. think that that's what painting And that's about. where I could talk about story night. Yeah. And how much I feel, how important that is to me. Yeah. I could talk about that forever. Yeah. You know, but... So I'm, I'm trying to see what I, well, in under, actually what's interesting is that as I dissect why I think story night is so important, the more I go into that, the more I kind of learn, um, learn other things that help me go, okay, here's I'm learning yeah. concepts that yeah. I could then transfer into, yeah. into my paintings. No, I absolutely think that's real. It's like to be able to. Because I mean, that's what you're doing. You're doing that with life anyway. You're taking what you've learned, your experiences, 
and then put them on a canvas, right? Mm-hmm. But now you're doing it in an intentional way of like, no, I really want to grow myself that I can do this more and express this more. Like that's that's just what life is anyway. But you mm-hmm. want to do that almost more. It's not intentionally doing so like I'm trying to, because I don't actually like the idea when people just want to take their experiences and turn them right away into something. It's like, it feels like you're manipulating your experiences. Oh it's yeah. Like, but for you, it's like, it's like, no, I want to really understand to live life. Yeah. And I know that this is a part of life. Mm-hmm. And that to me feels much, much better. Cool, Garth. All right. Thanks so much. Love you, man. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you next week. Thanks.